going on, everybody? It's Friday, January 17th, 2020. This is Shane. I'm with CJ. It is 9.25 a.m., so we're coming at you early. Early, early. Yeah, we don't normally do this. We're, we're usually late-night podcasters, but we're coming to you early this morning. Uh, in what might turn out to be two- or three-part series, that's what we're shooting for. But... We want to talk about team building because not everybody's good at that for some reason. <laughs> and that's the whole point of Connected Franchise is team building. So, CJ, you once worked a job where, like, it was your your job to teach team building, was it not? Yeah, yeah, all the time. It was a... Uh... Manager at North Bay, and that's one of the things we did was, you know, I built a team, but we focused a lot on team building. We did team building with guests. We did team building with our staff, a lot of uh, a lot of different things. So, yeah, I'll go ahead and get this thing started, man. Um, you know, I think uh, one thing I've seen with the league over the last couple of years is guys who come in, uh, they're newer to the game, right? Yeah. And they make a lot of trades. They let guys go in free agency. They sign guys in free agency um, that, you know, aren't really fits for their team. They just see names. They see overalls. They don't pay attention to uh, what they're doing necessarily. You see this all the time with uh, wide receivers, right? What's everybody want with wide receivers? Everybody wants the burners. That's it. Guys just want – they just want burners, right? So, you know – I think uh, it would be helpful for the league that we, we make something like this. And so today we'll talk about building a team. Next week we'll talk about some offense and defense and things like that. But you guys might have noticed that there were some uh, some shots fired on Facebook last night, you know. <laughs> right. There's my gun. Um, and you guys might think I'm a hater, right? And I, I am hating a little bit. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think uh, as a guy who has had – uh, a bad team for for several Maddens now, right? I, uh, that I've had to build up. I think it's something we can talk about. So let's talk about trades first, right? Because this is what uh, this was posted about, and this is what got me all in a <laughs> in a mini rage last night. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about trades, and I'll I'll start with Rob. We'll go we'll go directly with <laughs> with Rob and my hate for Rob's trade. So there's two things that I don't like about the trades. Um, I'm not going to get into a specific trade, but I'll just generalize like the trades that are made. One, I believe that when you come into red zone, uh, you know, we do a team selection. And the first thing that we consider in that team selection outside of seniority is if you're a fan of that team, right? Right. So we try and give guys the team, their team in real life that they're a fan of um, because what we've realized is that when guys play with their real team, they're more inclined to be active and continue to participate in the game. We've all seen where if guys come in, ourselves included, we play as different teams, um, we kind of lose interest and guys don't, you know, guys don't stick around. Yeah, they just um, they stay more involved that way. And I've I've had to play with other teams, and I know you have too, other guys have. It's just it's it's harder it's harder to stick with it and be dedicated to it when it's not really your favorite squad. Right. And so, you know, that's my first part. So, you know, let's touch on that. I think uh, this year we, we 
when we were coming in, I joked around about, yeah, I want the Browns, you know, or I want, I want a good team. I'm taking a good team. I got seniority. Um, but like everybody, you knew that wasn't going to be a real thing because I'm, I, I'm a Dolphins fan. I play, I'm going to play as a Dolphins like right. I always have. Um, but, you know, coming into this game, uh, I had the lowest rated team. Uh, I think they were like 60 some overall. Well, they've consistently been one of the lowest teams the last, I don't know, man, three or four Maddens. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I knew when I was tanking for Tua that, you know, coming in my team was going to be horrible. I, I had the only team in the game, I believe, that didn't have an X factor on the team. Um, and I think right now my team is like an 89 overall or something. So, um, you know, and I've kept my roster mostly – intact <laughs> if you look at it i mean i still have the my quarterbacks josh rosen my receivers Devonte parker kenny stills albert wilson my tight end is mike kosicki um you know i've added some offensive linemen because my line was was horrible but um you know i was able to build my team really through developing the players the draft and kind of putting my best players i guess in position to succeed if that yeah. makes sense right um, so like, that's the first issue I have with these trades. Like if you guys are going to come in and you want your team in real life, which will, you know, um, have you a little more invested in what you're doing, then I can't understand how we get to the point every Madden, you know, where Rob's entire team is, is different. I mean, I pointed this out last night. His starting quarterback is not Sam Darnold, who is a young, good quarterback in the game, right? Um, Le'Veon Bell is an X factor. He's gone. Uh, his entire receiving core is free agent acquisitions and, and a trade. Um, and you know, listen, he's built a good team and it plays to his strengths because, you know, uh, at least defensively, I'll say that, you know, he's not a guy who's going to really out scheme you defensively. Um, but if he plugs in the right players at the right positions, you know, you can have guys make a play for you. And this is like, uh, I'll get off topic slightly for a second, but like Ron and I talked last night about linebackers where if you have, you know, a Keekly or, a, 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 you know, a CJ Mosley, even just one of these high tower, one of these real good linebackers, sometimes it's better not to use or control them, right? Because, yeah, sometimes it's not. Yeah, I mean, it's sometimes better to play with the younger guy or the guy that's not as good and usually the field and let them do what they do because it'll help you in the run game and things like that because they're highly rated enough, you know, to make a difference on their own. But anyway. Well, that's one thing that I've, over the last few years, you know, guys, Ray has joked and, and Ronnie's, you've joked that I've kind of been like linebacker university with Baltimore <laughs> because right. every time we draft – like, I, I seem to draft a linebacker. It happens every single year. But it's for that reason that you're talking about. Like, I figured out a while back that I can go out and, and sign any free agent or draft any rookie linebacker that's fast. And I don't give a shit what his ratings are. It's going to be what I do with him as a user. And if you give me a linebacker that's 86, 87 speed in the middle, I can go make plays. Right. So stay off the CJ Mosley's, stay off those guys, and let the computer control them because the computer already has them registered as stars or superstars or whatever. They're going to make plays on their own. Right. And so, they they have the awareness, the play rec, 
you know, yeah. the zone, the, the, the things you need to make an impact, right? Yeah, they're they're more likely to make a play by themselves than I – that's why I don't mess with safeties all that much anymore. I used to try to use it to safety a lot, but I take myself out of plays. When – if you've got a good safety, just let them play. Right. You know, they're, they're probably going to make better plays than we are. And that's what I did, right? So I rebuilt my safeties. Um, and we're going to get a little off track, but we'll try and jump back in. But I rebuilt my secondary. My, my The strength of building a team for me and everybody, that's what you have to do. When you first start the game, you have to look at your team, figure out how you can build your team to be what you need them to be. My strength has always been defense. I can always get a lot of turnovers, usually interceptions, because I've never been able to cause fumbles. I, my team may be just horrible. I don't know. But, um, you know, keep guys guessing on defense, run a lot of different looks and be multiple on defense and keep myself in the game on defense and then just run the ball well enough, you know, and pass when I have to, to win. Um, yeah. And so if you look at safeties, like I'm not a big user safety guy, user the linebacker, it helps that I have a 91 speed linebacker, but my safeties weren't getting it done on the back end. They were always too slow to this spot or, um, you know, guys were hitting me with like the same little routes right in front of my safeties. My safety's just like standing there watching, you know, and then they run up and make the tackle. So I made an effort this year to kind of redo my safeties and things like that. And it's made a big impact. You know, there's, there's just some, some guys who fit what you do and I understand that. Uh, and you got to acquire them. But then I think there's also a realism to the game where if you're a fan, you should, you know, you should try and build your team. That's the whole like thrill of it all. You know, is okay, the Dolphins are 67, 68 overall. I'm going to build them into a force, you know, and I'm going to yeah. compete with them because that's my real team. Well, and you got to look at, too, and, we, and me and you talked about this. You've got to look at your team and say, okay, who are my cornerstones? Who, who are the guys that the Ravens in real life are not going to trade off because they're impact players? Right. Those, those guys are not going to be on the market. I don't care what you throw at them. They're not going to trade those guys because that's the cornerstones to the whole structure. And if you start pulling out the cornerstones, then your structure falls down. You know, it's just like building a house, man. If you don't, if your foundation's not good, your house crumbles. Yeah. So if it doesn't make any sense to me, why you, unless, unless you just, Unless you just want to be in more of a fantasy style draft league or whatever, it doesn't make any sense to me why you would take a team, especially a team that's supposed to be one that you're a fan of, and then trade off your best players. I don't understand that. It doesn't make sense to me. Which, if you remember, when we were doing team selections and stuff this year, we run into a little bit of a conundrum, and I was trying to, I was trying to make everybody happy and like the best scenario to make everybody happy was if Rob didn't play with the Jets. <laughs> yeah, He's like, oh, man, I got to have the Jets. It's my favorite team. Bro. Okay. And, and this would be the best team we've had in a yeah, long time. it's going to be our team, man. I don't want to give up my team. It sucks. But now he's traded the whole team. And I'm not knocking on you, Rob. I'm really not. I just – I don't well, get it. it. And, and let's talk about cornerstones, right? Like – uh, if you look at it, if you really look at it outside of like, okay, there are reasons why you could trade a cornerstone player. And I'll tell you, uh, Mike Bentley and I did this almost every year for a few Maddens where, uh, you know, the team he was playing with, uh, like he had Seattle and Seattle was like deep in 
secondary, right? They had really good corners and safeties. And then I was starting with the Dolphins. I didn't really have that great of secondary play. I want to say it was like uh, D linemen or linebackers. I can't remember. There was something that like I maybe even wide receiver because I've sort of had a pretty good wide receiver core. Um, but for a few years in a row, him and I like made trades where both of us traded a cornerstone player for another cornerstone player at a position of yeah. need, you know? So, so maybe, um, okay, maybe I'm deep at wide receiver or you over there with linebacker, you, uh, <laughs> you're deep at linebacker and you have two middle linebackers who are 90 overall or 87 to 90 some overall, and you can afford to let one go because you don't have any receivers or you don't have any corners. Like that's an instance to me where you, you would trade a cornerstone player, but you know, you're, you're letting go of a premium player and you're acquiring a premium player at a position of need. Well, I mean, dude, it's like taking, <laughs> it's, it's like taking your car to the car lot, but you're not going to take a, a, a 98 Cavalierian and trade it for a, a fucking Lamborghini, you know, I mean, that, yeah. that doesn't make any sense. So, you know, if you're, you've got a value for values got to be there. And I don't know, like I can understand trading a big impact player at one position for another impact player of another position. If you have the depth at the position right. that you lose the original impact player at, you know, just like you're saying, well, uh, Wide receiver. Okay, for instance, uh, Rich and I just made a trade, and when he when he hit me up, he said, "I need a big-bodied receiver," and I said, "Well, everybody in my receiver core is for sale except for Hollywood Brown, but Hollywood Brown's not a big banger receiver either. He's he's a small, speedy guy. So right. he comes back and was like, what about Miles Boykin? Miles Boykin's my number two receiver. He's my starter. I, I throw to him a lot." But I can plug anybody else in my wide receivers into that spot and be just as effective. Yeah, right. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, if you've got the depth at that position, it's one thing. But if you don't have the depth or somebody that you've been building up to replace them with, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, and if you look at, um, Anytime I post trades, right? Like if I'm like, oh, these guys are on the block, like come correct, you know, it, my rule to myself really uh, is that if I have a young guy who is a stud um, and I'll, I'll talk about one in a second specific that comes to mind. If I have a young guy who's a stud who I know is going to be a stud and they're going to perform, uh, I'm not trading them for draft picks, you know, and, and listen, this is not to like, diminish the draft or like because the way ultimately you want to build your team is through the draft but draft picks aren't worth what a 90 you know or even an 80 a, a high 80s overall 23 year old is worth or 24 year old is worth who's on a rookie contract mind you so you know they're they're not getting paid a lot of money i'm not trading this guy unless i'm getting a player in return that is going to make the same impact for my team instantly yeah. you know at another position and that's the rule I always have so guys hit me up all the time okay uh you know i don't know who's the best player on my team right now 
I'll say Devontae Parker in real life, right? Oh, Xavier Howard. We'll say Xavier Howard. Guys, hit me up. Hey, Xavier Howard, like, what do you want for him? Well, I want, I want a young <laughs> impact player <laughs> with a similar rating <laughs> at a position of need, you know? Um, and <coughs> so the, the guy I was thinking of was Minka Fitzpatrick, right? Everybody knows the Dolphins traded him in real life or whatever, but Minka Fitzpatrick in last Madden, I knew, you know, we had Xavier Howard. He was good. Minka was good. But I was like, this dude is so young. His ratings are dirty. You know, his speed, his coverages, uh, play rec awareness, like all that stuff is good. He was the highest rated corner. He was a 99 in like his third year. You know what I'm saying? Like second to third year. I don't even think it was the third year because his ratings were so dirty, you know. And so he was a guy who I was like, yo, this guy is untouchable. Like I'm not trading him. You know, because I can see just by looking at his progressions and the ratings and things like that, man, by the time we get through next season, he'll be the highest corner in the game, which he was. You know, he ended up being higher than all these, the Jalen Ramseys and the guys that we already know because he was young. He had high development, you know, and and the physical and uh, sort of rating traits were there. So, you know, I mean, that's just my rule of thumb. Like, uh you know, I'm not going to trade a young guy unless I can't re-sign him. You know, maybe he's at the end of his contract and he wants $30 million. You know, these quarterbacks are asking for like $30, $40 million and, and the way my team is set up, I just don't have the money to get him. I think that's something you guys need to start really putting into perspective too. Like sometimes you're going to have to let go of guys you don't want to let go because your team doesn't have Yeah, sometimes you have to make hard decisions. And, I've, I mean, I've had to do that the last few years because – I've had to deal with uh, Joe Flacco's contract, which was stupid. But but it put, yeah, I had Tana yeah, Hills. <laughs> but it, well, it put us in situations where we had to let guys go that we didn't necessarily want to let go, but we just couldn't afford them anymore. And you have to you, you have to start figuring out. Okay, I have X amount of dollars, and it's going to take ninety five percent of those dollars to re-sign this one player, or. I can re-sign these five key players on my team for the same amount of money. You've, you've got to get the role players back. You you can't just spend all your money. On, it, it, like, I don't know, man. Like, growing up, I'm 36, okay? And I know you're pretty close to my age. Like, mm-hmm. when I was young, like, I collected baseball cards, like basketball cards, football cards, like trading cards, you know? Like that was that was our thing right. in school. I'm starting to wonder, like, if anybody other than me ever ever did that, because, <laughs> like, did you? I mean, did you do that when you was in school? Did you have like cards? Like, did you you and your friends take them to school and like look at each other's cards and and? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I think I was like, you know, just a couple, a couple years maybe behind it, and and I was, you know, I lived in the hood, <laughs> so. Uh, like dudes, you know, they just take your cards and stuff. But um, <laughs> well, we had some. Of those you know, guys, but... I, I would say you know maybe five years after that, um, you know, we moved and stuff, and I got heavy into Pokemon, and I was like a Pokemon. Yeah. Hustler. That's when my hustle well, days see, started, po- right? So like, same Pokemon, thing. You know, I, I mean, I, I kind of know about Pokemon, but not really. But like, you know, I compare it to baseball cards because, like, when I was in high school, like freshman sophomore year of high school, like it was really big and. Like, everybody would bring their binders full of their special cards, and everybody would look at them, and you'd make trade offers and shit. Well, you're not going to trade 
a special edition subset card that there's only 10 of in this 500 card set, you're not going to trade that off for two regular cards. You know? Right. right. It, yeah, it makes absolutely. no sense. And you don't even have to put names on them at this point. You just say, it's a special edition card. I'm not taking two regular old dinky cards that I could get in any old pack for this special edition card. That makes no sense. And the trades right. in this league are the same thing. Why would you take a special edition player, all right? And we have those this year, whether we like it or not. You've got the X-Factors and the Superstars. And all Why would you take a special edition player and trade him away for crumbs? I, like, unless, unless we're three, four seasons in and said player's contract is just ungodly high and you can't afford it and you're going to lose half your team trying to re-sign him. Then, then I understand. But just right. right off the bat, trading your best player, I don't – like, that doesn't make any sense. And to me, that's why we have so many guys and, – and you don't get this as much, I'm sure. I get it because I'm, like, the main commissioner or whatever. But we'll have guys hit me up. Hey, man, like, I'm in cap trouble. Like, I don't have any salary cap. Or, hey, man, um, I'm I'm $700,000 in the hole and I can't sign a free agent. Like, I, I don't know what to do. Well, the fuck do you mean you don't know what to do? Like, <laughs> you, you put yourself in this situation by making bad moves, which is one of the reasons that we had to start limiting free agent bids, which I think was one of the best things we've ever done, honestly. I yeah, no, I I think limiting trades and limiting free agent bids is is huge. I you know I was actually telling Bob about how we did it and um, you know how I thought it was effective and it gave guys a little more it gave guys a little more chance to get some of the top free agents and then also um, you know made sure guys weren't inflating the contracts because you already have uh, the quarterback numbers are inflated. I don't think guys realize like when you resign your quarterback for. $28 million a year, it makes it more difficult for everybody else to re-sign their quarterbacks, yeah. right? Because it goes up in Madden. Like, Madden does have that algorithm and that, that logic to, you know, increase. Um, but, you know, anyway, it, it you have to you have to think those things through. You have to be smart. And I, I like that we created a way to, to help guys. But, I th- you know, I think the biggest thing with it is, like, you guys shouldn't hesitate to ask for help. Oh, um, no, I mean, like, we've always stressed that. Please ask one of us. I mean, we've been doing this for a long time. And, you know, and I think what you guys, uh, you know, I guess let's talk about the trades and the draft. I think what guys what guys lose track of is, you know, draft is coming up and like, oh, I, I, you know, I want to I want a whole bunch of draft picks because it's like this gamble. You know, you want to get the best players and you want to get young guys. You want to develop them. And so you're trading away your star players for all these draft picks. Um, you know, and, and listen, I'm going to be blunt with it. Half the time you don't make the draft, right? Yeah. Like half these guys aren't, aren't there to draft. They got the computer drafted for them. Um, you know, and these are the kind of guys who, excuse me, usually wean, wean themselves out. Like they usually fall out anyway, but it creates, you know, it creates this problem of like, well, you've traded your team, You've acquired some assets that you're not even going to use effectively. And and then, like, you wonder why you continue to lose. Yeah. Um, you know, because I, I'm going to be honest. Let's just use, uh, let's say, um, I don't know, we'll go on your team. We'll use your team, for example, instead of mine. 
someone comes in, they take they take the Ravens and they say, okay, someone's gonna give me three first round picks for Lamar Jackson. All right. Yeah. I can't I can't turn that down. It's three first round picks. Okay, done. Now you've sent Lamar Jackson somebody for three first round picks. So now you have whoever your backup quarterback is, or you know maybe you trade one of those first round picks for a average guy, a Josh Rosen, or you know <laughs> somebody like that. Whatever you've acquired, you've acquired a quarterback. But let's just focus on the draft part. Like those three players that you acquire in the draft. First of all, you only have about maybe like a five percent chance of one of them being an X factor. So the draft classes, there's only a couple X factors in the draft classes. There's a few superstars, and then you'll get a lot of star guys and then normal development. So the odds are not very high no. that you're going to replace an X factor player, which I guess technically wasn't an X factor player when we started, but he is now, I guess. I don't know what he is on your actual team, but he is in, he is in the latest update of Madden. He's, He's a superstar on, on our team. Um, but, you know, you're, these, these young guys, they're going to come in anywhere between, you know, let's look at like the top five picks last, this past draft that we had. These guys are coming in at like 72 to like 77, 78 overall. Yeah. These, these aren't like, 85 guys like they yeah, used to be. Yeah, those days of the mid-80s guys, and then luckily finding the one dude who was a 90 overall, those days are over. Yeah, like, you're you're lucky. Like, you're kind of the highlight of the draft if you get a guy who's, like, 82. And if you get a guy who's 82, he's probably only star development, right? Like, he's not even the guy that's, like, X-Factor or Superstar. That guy's probably only, like, a 76. Yeah. But, but he's Superstar or he's X-Factor. So, you have these three picks, your odds of acquiring a player as good are low. Um, and then on top of that, the progression system isn't what it used to be. Now, I'm not saying that you can't um I'm not saying that you can't build a guy really fast, like Moorhead is a perfect example with you, but like he also was the rushing champion. He ran for two hundred yards a week, you know, three hundred yards sometimes, whatever, things like that. Like it takes um very, very effective play to really build a player that quick yeah. uh, with, with the system that they have in place now. And that's on top of, like, having coaches packages and, you know, using your training on only that yeah. player and, you know, and gearing your, uh, your training drills towards that player. So it's a lot you have to do to get that player uh, to that level of play. And, you know, and some, and, of the things, go ahead. some of the things you have to do to get that player to that level, everybody in the league – can't do because everybody in the league is not playing as an owner, which I don't understand. But like, what you use Morehead for an example. Like, I'm an owner, so I I was able to go in and like buy certain coaching traits and all this stuff just to help Morehead gain more XP. And then I had to focus train him every single week, which he might be able to do that as a coach. I don't I don't know. I never play as a coach, but I feel like guys that just play as coaches are at a disadvantage. You can't – well, okay. As an owner, you you have the ability to, like, tweak your ticket prices and your merchandise prices and all that stuff, and you can make more money. I, I consistently sit on about $180 million, uh in funds, which is what I use right. to play around with bonus money and, and that sort of thing. I can, I can consistently offer players 
more bonus money than just about anybody in the league just because I tweaked my money at my stadium. And if you're a coach, you can't do that. So, And, and uh, you know, just to clarify for some of these new guys, it's not the same thing as cap space. No. So, you know, it's just funds you have available to pay out. So if, but even if you, if you have a ton of cap space, but you don't have the funds available, <laughs> you, you can't do those contracts either. So it is, it is important that you're bringing that money in. I just want to make sure guys aren't like, well, I, I have 60 million in cap space. That's not, not the same, same thing. thing. I've got roughly, I made some signings uh, before this last advance or, or whatever, but I've, I've got roughly 50 some million in cap space, but I've got like 180 million in funds. So, you know, I can yeah, I can throw I mean, a little extra bonus money at a guy to get him to sign. And you know, and when you're your and when you're an owner, you can upgrade your stadium. You can which brings in more you money. Know, you can build a new stadium. There's all these other things you can do, but they also require you to have funds to but, do them, right? But so. along the same lines of what we're talking about with team building, in order to, in order to be an owner in the connected franchise. You've got to you've got to have a grasp on how to manage all these different aspects of the game, and some of these guys can't even manage their own roster. Yeah, so, and it, you know, to be honest, I, I'm not an owner this man, but the reason I'm not an owner is because you know last season, uh, just life being busy, and coming into this season knowing like. Hey, I just moved back home. My business is really successful. Hey, I'm going to be doing football again. Like maybe I don't have as much time as I used to have <laughs> to to put into the game, right? So that is something you gotta you gotta take you know take into consideration. If if you're not gonna get on and do these things, it's it's only going to hurt you. So maybe you should play. Yeah, because if you're a bad owner, I mean, you can. We've got coach firings turned off, but if you're a bad owner, and you've seen this before, we've had we've had guys. Where their team basically went bankrupt, and they couldn't they couldn't do anything, couldn't sign people, couldn't yeah. couldn't sign free agents, couldn't they couldn't do anything because their their finances got in such bad shape that they couldn't recover from it. Yeah, and you got to find those sweet spots with like ticket prices and merchandise sales. I mean, it's it's a lot involved. And like, if you just do it once and you never look at it again, it's not yeah. going to work. You know, it's something you got to constantly uh, you got to constantly look yeah. at, but. You know, um, I guess then with the trades, you know, I guess to kind of get back onto that is, you know, the other part, um, you just, you just got to make sure you're getting value, like, especially with skilled players, right? Like guys, <laughs> skilled players are hard to get. It's hard to get cornerbacks. It's hard to get wide receivers. It's hard to get quarterbacks. Nobody's going to give you a quarterback. Um, you know, and if they do, there's a reason. You know, Stefan Gilmore got traded. Why did he get traded? Because he'll get burnt by a fast yeah. guy on the outside. You know, that's why he got traded. He's an elite corner. He's a really good corner. Um, but that's why he got traded. Uh, when Bentley used to trade me, you know, uh, his guys from from Seattle, same thing. You know, it was like one of those guys. I forget which one it was, but, I, you know, I traded for him. He, he had like 89 speed. You know, like he's got some speed, but he's not fast enough to – you know, cover downfield over and over again. Well, I figured out a way to make him work in my scheme and then two years later move him to safety. You know, there, there's a plan in place when I make that decision to yeah. acquire him, right? But that's, um, that's the key. So I think you, You've got to have a plan. You can't just go in blind and and make these deals. It, you, you hurt yourself in the long run. 
Right. And and like let's let's give Rob credit. Like I think JJ JJ was probably joking, but JJ wrote on there, well, like, hey, he's just a more savvy GM than you. Hey, maybe that's true. Maybe that is the case, right? Uh doesn't mean he's a better player, <laughs> right? And it doesn't mean that he's a smarter player. You know, I think what, what happens sometimes and yeah, again, we have different visions on how we, we build our team. I know that Rob knows that I used to rant last man about people making the trades for him because it does bother me because he acquires all these players that rely less on stick skill. You know, at this point, well, now I have two elite safeties and two elite corners, you know, and, and I'm going to run around with the middle linebacker and the computer's going to play defense for me. And I'll just sit and cover three or cover four and, you know, the computer's going to yeah. do everything. Yeah, it does bother me a little bit <laughs> because I put a lot into my scheme and how I do it. And then, like, we're out here losing to guys who, you know, and, and this is not Rob. I'm not saying this is the case with Rob, but, you know, like, we're losing the guy. Hell, I lost to a guy last week running around with his cornerback. I ain't never <laughs> seen nobody use a cornerback. You know what I'm saying? Like, and the dude had only won, like, one game. So, I mean, we take losses. I'm horrible on offense. Like, but, you know – it's, yeah, there's got to be some some pride in like how you build your team and how you keep it going and how you make them successful. And so, yeah, JJ's right to an extent. He's been able to build himself a better team than mine, you know, every year. But to me, I take more pride in like keeping my team intact as my team. Yeah. <laughs> but developing. Yeah. I mean, I like to keep uh, my yeah. squad intact as, as much as possible. I mean, I don't like to go out and trade all my good players away. Um, well, how many times have we talked? Yeah, your your team has been receiver needy for the last few years. How many times have we said, "Yo, Shane, Devonte Parker, I'm gonna send you Devonte yeah. Parker," and we never do it, right? Because like, nah, I really don't want to trade Devonte right. Parker. Like, I can't play with him to the level that uh, some people are playing with their receivers. But I really hope that I'm able to at some point. So now nah, I'm not gonna get rid of him because then I'll be, you know, I'll be stuck. And there's some. Uh, sentimental value to it you know it's like nah i'm not trying to get rid yeah. of this dude um he's one of my few good players so nah i can't afford to do that well you know um, and I, I don't think i don't think guys take their actual schemes and and i think uh oh i hear my man back there <laughs> yeah yeah <he's... laughs> but i don't i don't think people take the actual scheme of the way they play into account when they make these moves. And by that, I mean like like you're talking about corners, for instance. Okay? Well, we'll have guys that'll be like, oh, I need a 93, 94 speed corner. Like, I have to have it. And then, and then they'll go out and they'll play cover three every play. <laughs> like, why do, you, why do you need a – a 93 or 94 speed corner when you're going to sit in a cloud zone the whole time. Like, why do you need that? You're not playing man-to-man defense. Why did you Why you give up all this value to get a fast corner when that's not what you do? Like, it, yeah. it doesn't make sense. And I, and I don't or, think guys understand what they're doing. Well, and, and you have guys who trade for man corners. But don't they don't run man coach. Yeah, and got and like guys you know. mad at me. Ronnie cusses me all the time. He's like, "Fucking Jimmy Smith, he's not that good." Blah blah blah. He's slow as shit. I'm like, "Okay, he's slow." I run a lot of zone defense. He don't have to be Usain Bolt. 
<laughs> he's going to back up 15 feet and he's going to stand in a cloud zone. And I don't give a fuck if he's 86 feet because he's going to be where I need him to be, you know? So right. Right. these guys will, will, will make these trades. Oh, I got to have this guy that's super fast. And then, then you don't play them that way. And it just doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. I, I mean, it all comes down to – whether it's trades, draft, free agency, free agency, it comes down to building the team that you need to be successful. And, you know, I, I hit on it earlier, but, like, I always try. I mean, you know, you've been in the league with me forever. Dude, I've had, uh, you know, 290 overall corners, and with my first overall pick, I take a corner. Yeah. You know, and people are like, well, why do you take a corner? Well, I try and take the best player available as much as possible. Versus, you know, oh, hey, I really need a, a middle linebacker, so I'm going to take this middle linebacker who might be like a 72. But there's this there's this cornerback who has A-plus in everything, and I don't need a cornerback. No, I'm taking the cornerback <laughs> because I want the best player available. And, and maybe, see, in this instance, maybe now that I have this young cornerback who's really good and has superstar development, well, maybe now I can trade this one who's about to be a free agent next year who is a 90 overall but he's going to cost me $20 million Yeah, but that requires looking ahead. And I feel like that's the one thing that a lot of our, our guys don't do is look ahead. Like, they think about the here and now, but they don't think about what's going to happen next season or two seasons from now, you know. How, how, is, this, yeah. how is this dumbass contract I'm about to give my quarterback going to affect my team in two seasons when I have 13 guys come up for re-sign? Am I going to have money to sign those guys? You know, probably not because I just paid my quarterback $180 million over five years, you know. And, you know, and we give Rob a hard time, but, like, to be fair, uh, you know, Sam Darnold, he was proactive with that. You know, he knew, okay, well, I got to pay him a shit ton of money. Um, I, you know, I don't want to trade him this kind of money. And he, you know, he traded him somebody, and he and he acquired a rookie. Um, you know, I don't, I, I think he probably regrets that. He really would have regretted it had we not had the little draft sim fiasco where the draft got unpaused because you know that player that he ended up trading for was a normal yeah. development. <laughs> had everybody not gotten the star development, you know, the 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 actual player that was drafted was only a normal development, and his his ratings were not all that great. You know, but because of that fiasco, we, it's okay. Well, now everybody's going to be like seventy-five to eighty in a star development. So he kind of lucked up. But I'm sure Jacob is not disappointed in that trade, as he pointed out on Facebook. Sure. You know, he he's happy with that trade because he got a good young player. So I, I mean, you do you do have to think ahead. You have to plan. Um, you know, and I, I would say like if we talk about the draft for a little bit, I, I think you guys need to not always draft for need. Um, you know, I, I think how many times have we seen a guy draft like a seventh round receiver, you know, in the first round and don't get me wrong. Sometimes those guys are good. They're like hidden gems, but, uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> you got guys in the, in the first round, just bypassing like elite talent. Yeah. Because they, they want to receive. Well, because like you said, they don't realize that. They don't realize that, that whatever they trade or whatever they draft can help them with their trades for the next season. Like, okay, 
I'm going to need a uh, – I'm probably going to need a tight end in the draft this year. All right, so if there's not a really good tight end, like a super high one, when my draft rolls around, when my pick rolls around, and there's a, a stud linebacker, everybody's always wanting linebackers, I'll probably draft that linebacker. Now, was he who I needed? No. But I've got other linebackers on my depth chart that now can become trade bait to pick up a tight end, you right. know? And it's like right. it's like guys don't they don't see that like they don't I don't I don't know it's frustrating man it's yeah it's really frustrating I, and then <clears throat> I I almost feel bad I, like I don't want to micromanage stuff but I almost feel bad for not like sitting in on every trade proposal because. I don't even know if the trade committee really considers all this stuff. Like, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, you know, and I think, I think they kind of, this is not a knock on any of them because I've been involved in. No, I'm not knocking them either. They're great. Yeah. Right. A lot, a lot of what is considered is like, okay, overalls. All right. Age, you know, salary cap. Um, and then it's like, uh, you know, both players agree, so they're happy with the trade. Um, so let's make the trade, you know. Um, whereas though, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of things that could be, and honestly, it would be tedious of them to have to, like, sit around and really, you know, exhaust all these things that, that you'd have to go through to make sure that guys are doing the right, right. things. But, but, but if, you know, the, I, if the user that was initiating these trades was actually considering what they were doing to their team – the trade committee wouldn't really have to. Right. Because you or I, like we're talking right now, if somebody offers me a trade, I'm going to look at all these things. I'm going to say, okay, where's this going to put me in two seasons? All right. right. Where's where's my depth? What's my depth look like? What's my salary cap going to look like? You know, I consider those things. I don't think anybody, like I said, they worry about the here and now. And if they, if they worried about, the big picture with their trade, then the trade committee's job really wouldn't be that hard. If if people yeah. really worried about the big picture, we wouldn't need a trade committee. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Well, and like, okay, so let's look at the trade I just made for, for J.J. Watt, right? Like, I would never make a trade like that. That's completely out of character for me, right? I mean, I gave up two – well, no. The first and a second. I gave up a first and a second. No, two first. I don't remember either a first and a second or two first. Right for a thirty. It was a first and a second. Thirty-three year old, um, you know, defensive lineman, right? Um, but let me tell you, let me tell you what went into that, right? And here, even I think Ron even said like, "Oh man, like trading a lot for for JJ here." He was like, "You know, I'm going to prove it." because I trust both of you in, like, building your teams. But, you know, he acknowledged, like, you're giving up a lot. Um, and here here was my logic. That's why I did that. Um, first of all, you know, last season I won, what, five yeah. games? Four, four or five games or something, something like that. that. This this year I started out 4-0. Uh, I took a, a big loss to um, Dylan, in which in that game – I felt like no matter how much I blitzed him, no matter what I did, I couldn't get pressure right. on him. 
right? And my DNs suck. I do. I, I have crappy DNs, but I have good linebackers. And and I've ignored defensive end in the draft. There have been plenty of times I could have drafted a solid defensive end, and I was like, well, am I going to take this solid defensive end? Am I going to take this really good defensive back or <laughs> this really good offensive lineman because my O line is terrible? Um, but what what I did, and this is just to give you guys perspective and things to think through. You know, okay, I won four games. I'm four and zero. I took a loss. I didn't want to, you know, a big loss, a divisional loss. It's early in the season. I haven't really made any trades uh, throughout this Madden. You know, I've had like three trades for average dudes. You know, I've not really made any big trades. Um, I need pressure. I need to find a way to get pressure. I can't have guys like Dylan having all day to throw on me, Ray all day to throw on me, um, and I've I've ignored defensive line this entire man it's time to do something about it so that was one factor right second i would never trade two high picks for a 30 some year old guy but what i did notice was these older guys who are like 90s and x factors bless you aren't regressing as quickly you know as as the other guys who are 34 years old or 32 years old so my gamble was hey my first round pick is going to be like a 70 something overall. My second round pick is probably going to be like a 70. Yeah. Best. Um, are these guys going to make an impact for me these next two seasons while I have the roster I need to try and compete and actually get back in the playoffs and make a difference? Or is a guy like JJ Watt, who's an X factor, who's got dominant, you know, traits and things like that. Is he going to make an impact or a bigger impact on me? So that was a gamble. You know, that's a, that's a, like, I'm putting in all my chips. And also, you know, let's just be honest. Like Ray was an asshole about it. Like <laughs> there's a, there's a gentleman's thing to do when you're making a trade that, you know, you try to meet in the middle and make sure that both people uh, do well in that trade as much as you can. Um, you know, uh, what, what I think it was Preston. Somebody traded me Brandon uh, Sheriff or Sharif, however you say it, last year for Jakeem Grant. You know, he's like, that's who I want. I'm like, dude, he's like a 75 overall. He's fast. But, you know, I, I was like, well, hey, I'm going to give you a second round pick or like whatever it was. You know, I'm like, I got to give you more. Yeah. <laughs> Than, than what you want to make this fair. That, that's not fair. You give me a 90-some overall player for a fast receiver. Like, um, and, I, you know, and to be fair, I was trying to give him my best receiver. I was like, hey, I got a 90 overall receiver. Like, why don't you take him? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, no, I, don't, I want the fast one. Um, but, you know, like Ray would not compromise. I'm going to keep talking about you here a little bit, Ray, because we've been commissioners together for a long time. I think even more so you should be – able to compromise for a deal that's fair to everybody but you know he wasn't budging i wanted to make an impact i haven't traded this this man and guess what guess whose team didn't have an x factor on his team that would be me (laughs) (laughs) right so hey i want one of these glow sticks too (laughs) you know let me see if he makes a difference for me but but that's not a normal trade you know that's a hey i'm going all in on this season I started hot. I need. I took a loss. I didn't want to take. Like I need to gamble and see what happens. Didn't work. Then I turned around, and lost to Jim. You know, no disrespect to Jim, but like, I mean, Jim killed me. Like, and, and you know, and Jim not. He's not built like that. I just beat Nick. You know, which granted, Nick probably should have beat me, but I, you know, I beat Nick, and 
beat Cam and beat some good guys and turn around and lose to Jim and then I lose to Rob's buddy who's got one win. Richard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so maybe the trade was bad after all, right? Um, but you know, I weighed all those things. I took all those things into consideration. What will these two rookies be like? Will they really play for me in the next two seasons? Will they make an impact for me in the next two seasons? Because we're getting, you know, we're getting towards the end. Um, and that's the other thing you guys got to keep in mind. You guys out here trading for future draft picks, you know, when we only got a few seasons left. I mean, it's not, you know, you got to be careful. Yeah, you might be able to, we play, let's say we play three more seasons and you draft two more guys, but you're not going to be able to develop them. Because, yeah. you know, by, t- by the time the new Madden comes out, you, you didn't have enough time. Yeah, like the longer, so. the longer we go, the further we go, now, this is just my opinion. This is me. But the further we go, the less value draft pick holds when, when it comes Absolutely. to a trade. Because, like, you know, if I trade for somebody's first-round pick, um, it's not going to hold as much value to me right now as it would if I traded for that first-round pick in the middle of the first season. Because, how you know, are we? how long are we going to get to play – how well am I going to get to develop that guy? Development's not what it used to be. You know, I can't focus stuff where I want it to be. Now, if it was – if like the XP system, like the development system was the same as it was three Maddens ago, then, you know, maybe maybe those draft picks would, would still be as valuable as they are starting out because I could build that person the way I wanted to. But – when you have to go through their development system now that they've changed, you know, the longer you go, the less those players are are worth to me. So, you know, you, right. you go out here and you draft, which I'm, I'm typically not the best drafter in the world, and we all know that, but you go out here and you draft a bunch of guys that's 65 and 68, and you get lucky and get that one dude that's a 71, you know. How – how long is it going to take me to, to build those guys up to where they're doing anything for my squad other than sitting, you know, in the three hole on the depth chart waiting for somebody to get injured? You know, I mean, you got to take that kind of stuff into account. Yeah, first-round picks look good, but what's a first-round pick worth right now when we've, you know, we don't know how many seasons we've got left in us? Yeah, I mean, that that's, you know, that was my point. Now, to be fair, in, like, Rob's trade, it, I guess it was two first-round picks from this year, and I did think it was, like, a first-round pick this year, first-round pick next year. Um, but, you know, even still, I'm not making that trade. <laughs> you know, and I think if you ask him, like, you trading Jamal Adams for two first-round picks and, you know, an average guy? Yeah. No. Hell no. No. No chance in hell. You know, no chance in hell. And I, you know, and I look at Derwin, uh, you know, I look at Derwin like I looked at Minka Fitzpatrick last year. And, uh, you know, even um, Jerome Baker, who's on my team, like I I knew uh, Jerome Baker when I played with him last year uh, and I kind of developed him or whatever. And I started looking like, yo, there's dudes online that like tell you for like the fantasy draft Maddens and stuff like who like young guys are for fantasy draft leagues. And like, he, he's one of the players. He's a nobody. People don't know who he is, but like guys who play man are like, yo, you get some speed and, you know, acceleration and things from this guy that will not be replaced. Target. Yeah. 
you know, like, um, and so that's how I look at like a Derwin James, you know, that's how I look at a Jamal Adams even, or Lamar Jackson, or, you know, and, and honestly, I think we should talk about this. This is sort of off topic a little bit, but like when it comes to Lamar and building a team that way, because I think we're going to get into scheme next week, like with me, same thing with these quarterbacks. Uh, if you're a guy who, you know, likes to run read option and things like that, you need the quarterback that fits your system. So whether you acquire that in the draft, whether you acquire that uh, in free agency, like you have to take those things into consideration as you're building your team and, and start building your scheme. Because, uh, you know, I had Ryan Tannehill for years and Ryan Tannehill can run. He can, he's sneaky run, you know, he's not Lamar Jackson, um, which actually worked in my favor because people didn't really expect him yeah. to run. But, um, but like read option and all that stuff was always a part of my scheme for the last few years because that's how I had to build around his strengths. And I don't have that anymore. And I like the plays are still in my playbook, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, ah, nope, nope, can't run, you know, not run an option with Josh Rosen. Like, that's not going to do me any good. Um, but those are things that you guys need to take into consideration. And I want to talk about Lamar, right? Because I, I think a hot topic that we talk about all the time is how we balance um, sim football, right? Because we consider ourselves a sim league and we talk about sim and we talk about uh, what's realistic and we have a hard time all the time with exceptions, yeah. right? Like there's, there's guys in the league who are exceptions. So we may be talking about a rule with like, um, uh, let's say like uh, moving a safety to linebacker. We don't allow guys to move safeties to linebackers. There are guys in the league who make that move, you know, and that is an exception. That's not like, that's not the normal. That's, you know, a team making um, an exception. And that's one guy who specifically like couldn't find the role. And now he's playing linebacker, you know, or whatever the case may be. And sometimes we do make exceptions for those things. If it's like a real life thing, maybe, excuse me, the guy, Moved to linebacker after Madden came out. Yeah, something. I think we've you know right. I think right. we've been pretty good about if that sort of thing has happened in real life. We've we've pretty much honored it. Right, and so and I want to talk about Lamar because I want to talk about these building teams and as you build your teams because we have to take a real hard look at our rules with quarterbacks. Like we're we are strict about running with your quarterback. You know, I don't think we have a rule about running with your quarterback, but it's frowned upon, Yeah. right? You know that. Um, definitely, like, you know, last Madden, when you had Lamar, you tried not to run with him because you didn't want people, well, all he does is run around with his quarterback like a, like a dumbass or whatever, um, or a cheese dick, and you tried not to do it. When I traded for him, I ran. Yeah. Didn't care. Quarterback blast. It's coming. <laughs> like, you know it's coming. I know it's coming. Uh, I went – four wide or five wide guess what's coming a quarterback draw like everybody knows it but guess what i went five wide so you had to play dime or or you know or quarter and i'm running it um and it's interesting because you know you, you got these these quarterbacks coming out i don't want to say dual threats are like taking over the nfl but these guys are definitely a little more mobile and they do a little more spread concepts and things like that in college and so as we talk about like building our team we got to start to look at like how we, how we adjust to like what Lamar Jackson has yeah. done. Right. Um, 
because I think his success is going to make some of these dual threat guys get drafted higher, right, and and have teams, oh, well, you know, we think this guy can do this, this guy can do that. And, um, you know, I think we really need to look at that because we're going to have guys who want to build their team around an option offense and, and things like that. And, you know, um, I think the difficult part with it, because you add in the RPOs and then you start adding in bootlegs, and this is where we really have issues because, you know, like I know, if you take off with Lamar, as you approach the line of scrimmage, if the player is in zone, the guy will leave his zone and come up to play the quarterback. Right. Or if you get close enough me. to the Yeah, zone. you're up. Um, and so, you know, we dealt with this for, <laughs> with Rash for years because Rash liked to do it no matter who his quarterback was. Uh, it's usually Peyton Manning out here bootlegging to the sideline and throwing the ball 50 yards across the field. <laughs> but, um, y- you know, I mean, it's just something we got to figure out because it, there is a flaw in the game that can be exploited <laughs> if you do that too much. Um, but there also is a reason this guy has like 91 throw on the run or 80-some throw on the run, you know, whatever it may be. Um, and I know you've had a hard time with it where it's like last year he wasn't as accurate. And you're like, well, I can't really play to his strengths because it's against the rules or (laughs) it'll be frowned upon. Um, But I also can't sit back and throw 40 passes from the pocket because he's wildly inaccurate. Um, So I just think that's something we got to look at. Uh, And I think it's relative to team building, which is why I brought it up, because, you know, you're going to have these guys, teams over the next few years, next few Madden's drafting these. Uh, dual threat and mobile quarterbacks and um, you know we got to figure out a solution for that I think you know and it's and it's been it's been a topic of discussion this year already I mean it's like with the whole uh, bringing back X-Factors and Superstars for season three or whatever part of it was I mean how many times did I say it is crippled Lamar right like he's he's useless he's he's not even halfway mobile I yeah. can't do any of the things that he does in real life. Be glad you guys didn't have to watch every single real life Lamar Jackson oh, yeah. highlight every, run every, every week. <laughs> every single, every single highlight real play Lamar had in real life. I was, I was videoing that shit on my phone and I was sending it to the commission group. <laughs> look at this. this is, I can't do this. Like I, I'm getting screwed. And I do, I mean, I still feel like I was the one guy that, that really got handicapped in that whole deal because, like, I, and we didn't know it was going to affect the quarterbacks that way. I mean, nobody knew that. Right, right. But, like, it just it destroyed him. Like, he was he was useless. I wanted to trade him, but I, I didn't have the heart to trade him because whoever was going to get him was not going to get what they thought they were. Right, right, yeah. Okay, baby. <laughs> Carter, if he wants in on this. Yeah, if he wants to get involved in the podcast, I think he thinks it's silly what some of these guys are doing. Let's get this man ahead. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, I mean, you know, and, and I, I'm i not a huge fan of X-Factors, and, and we've talked about this, and, and I, I'll be honest, I, I think it's not going anywhere, unfortunately. When it first came out, I thought it was something that would be out and it would go away, and um, I think it's going to get worse. I think they're going to have more – arcade things. I think come. they'll be here at least one more Madden. I really do. Yeah, I mean, it was it was the whole emphasis of the game this year. And, and honestly, I think Lamar Jackson kind of having the season he had is going to make it even worse, you know, because <laughs> I think now 
you know, I, I think a big thing in the X factor was like seeing Patrick Mahomes and the crazy shit that he did and, you know, how much he really affected the game and some of these receivers and, and stuff. Um, and then it was, you know, okay, well, we need to do something like this. We need to figure out how to make these guys this effective. And so I think like the success that Lamar has individually had, <laughs> you know, I think it's just even more so going to give them to, yeah, these players have to be felt, you know, yeah. in match. I, I, I mean, I really think that they were thinking along the right lines. I mean, yeah, you got to figure out a way to make these superstars and these, you know, I mean, X factors, let's just call them that. You know, you got to find a way to make those guys stand out above the rest. Yeah. But, yeah. And, I, and I, you know, but and to be honest, make, like, I, like, let me tell you, like, how, if it were me, um, okay, you know, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's use D Hop. Ray has D Hop. Um, when D Hop gets in the zone, his spec catch goes to 99. And his, you know, his catching traffic goes to 99 or something like that, that, that to me is how you make that, that guy a little more, make it a little more realistic because his spec catch and his catching traffic going to 99, maybe even his release, you know, is, is, is better when he's in X factor uh, or he's in the zone. That's realistic, man. Like that, that I still have a chance. I can make a play on the ball. I can still triple team him, you know, double team and maybe swat the ball. Um, and sort of try and prohibit him from just like completely arcading the game away from me. Um, Like, I think that's something that they should have looked at versus, okay, you know, your quarterback is in the zone. So now he can automatically see what zone coverage you're in, you know, or, Um, or automatically wins aggressive catch in one-on-one. Right. I mean, like those things are, you know, the, the whole Tom Brady, the first read, like it shows you the first read automatically, like, that's just too, you know, that's just, that's NBA jam to me. We're playing NBA jam. Um, You know, we got hot spots and (laughs) like crazy dunks and things like that. So, I mean, you know, I don't think it's going anywhere. I'm not thrilled about it. And, and Bob and I actually talk about this a lot because he's like so big on, well, you know, you do get to feel the impact of these players. Well, yeah, absolutely. But um, when you can take a running back who has his, his X factor is to spin and make the first guy miss every time. Well, now I'm just going to run like a slant with him. I'm going to put him out wide, run a slant with him and he's going to spin instantly. And all three guys standing there are going to miss. And then he's just going to run for a touchdown. Yeah. Well, that, that I mean, <laughs> that's not real I football. Think, <laughs> you know? I, I think they had a good idea. And, and like I, me and Ronnie's talked about this. I think they went along. They, they were trying to like mimic, 2K, and I know you're not really a 2K player, no, but no. On, on NBA 2K, like, your guys get badges, you know, and you can earn those badges as you go along, but certain guys, you know, you know the, the stars, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, those guys, they have badges already built onto them, like finisher or uh, microwave or whatever, and like, but it doesn't make them unstoppable players, like, you you will you will turn like okay LeBron James for instance is pro- I'm not sure I'm just saying this off the top of my head but he's probably he's probably got like one of those fourth quarter badges where he's like a zoned out player in the fourth quarter but that doesn't mean that I can't still play user defense on you if you're using LeBron James it it just means that you know his his chances of hitting the the jump shots 
go up a little bit. Right. But 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 it doesn't take my ability away to block it, you know, and it doesn't take my ability away to play user defense on you. It just, you know, well, I, I, think, I think they had a good idea. They've just misapplied it. Yeah, 100%. I, you know, and I, like if you look at um NBA Jam, right, like, and I love NBA Jam, by the way, like, or not NBA Jam, I'm sorry, NBA Street. NBA Street, like I'm a legend. I was like 502 or something. Like I never lost in that game. Bet bet money on it as a kid. <laughs> it would take people's money. But like if you remember, that game had like game breakers where you do so much crossover, so many dunks, you got this bar that, uh, you know, it powers up as you're doing these things. And then when you get your game breaker, you know, you get to a certain point, you press like LBRB or something and you can use it. Right. And it does some crazy thing and it like gives you a whole bunch of points. It takes extra points off the other teams. This is the most arcade shit ever. But you could block it. (laughs) You know, like if you went to use it, I could still block it. If you went to use it, I could still steal the ball from you before you use. There was there were things even in that arcade game that prohibited prohibited it from being just a guaranteed thing. Yeah. Um, you know, Mortal Kombat, same thing. Mortal Kombat has, like, last few years, has that bar, you build it up, and it does, like, the x-ray thing. Takes half your health. If you do it, you can block it. You can time it, you know, uh, to jump over it, things like that. And I guess that's where that's where I feel like they missed a little bit on X-Factor. Um, it's just that it just, you know, some of them, there's only so much you can do about it, uh, especially these pass rushers and and the uh, the enforcer like fumble causing yeah, some, some of them are just ungodly dude like the the enforcer one you're talking about it's you can't you can't counterbalance it like there's nothing you can do if, if that if that defender has enforcer and his x factors turned on if he hit sticks you you're fumbling the ball right like, period like you can't brace for it you can't you can't stop it from happening yeah you know? and you know those those there's a couple of them that's kind of ridiculous, but yep. <laughs> you know. But they're not going anywhere. <laughs> no, nah, they're not going anywhere. I, hopefully, they'll tweak it a little bit and they'll uh, they'll fix that system a little bit for the next Madden. But you know, I, and so what that that leaves us with, like these are things that need to be considered when building your scheme, right? So, yeah. why are you trading away a 25 year old, 24 year old X Factor? who's a 93 overall who, you know, is going to make an impact every single play on the game, even when he's not in the zone, you know, or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's something you have to look at. That's what I looked at with J.J. Watt, you know. Um, it, it It's something to be considered moving forward as it's in the game, um, like how valuable are those guys uh, and, you know, um, what is what is the worth. So, you know, I, it's just me. I mean, I'm not going to – if I do have those guys, which I probably won't, but, like, let's cross our fingers and hope Devontae Parker's one next year. Um, but, you know, if he is one, I'm not going to turn around and trade him for two first-round picks. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'll trade him for another X-Factor player <laughs> and picks, you know, or I'll trade him for maybe two superstar players that aren't, you know, an X-Factor ability. Um yeah, I mean, nobody. Why would you trade dollars for dimes? I mean, nobody, nobody would do that. So, it's all hope, man. Everybody, everybody wants to 
gamble on the draft. There's excitement with the draft. We're getting new players. It's a mystery to an extent. It's those fucking magic beans, man. Who who was that a few years ago? I was giving giving hell over trading for magic <laughs> beans. I can't remember who it was. I, don't, I remember it though. I remember I remember going through it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, why are you why are you doing that? Why are you, why are you why are you talking uh, magic beans here? Uh, and I, if I'm not mistaken, dude, I swear to God, I think Rob was in on that deal. Of course, he's been a, he's been in on every deal for the last three Mads. Between him and Ray, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm out here begging for trades season after season. I, I give my first up. You can have my first, second, first next year. I don't give a shit. Like, I just need a receiver. <laughs> nah, no bites. But, damn, I tell you, you give up a 75 overall player in a first-round pick, shit, people come running. Oh, yeah. I mean, I kind of needed a, a center. <laughs> I need one of those, you know. Like, I, I mean, I've been begging to make trades, and I, you know, I can't, I can't get a trade. I, I really, I think that had a lot to do with the JJ one too. It was just like, fuck, somebody's finally gonna make a trade with me. Like, I'm just making this trade because yeah. I haven't made any trades, you know. But uh, every time you turn around, that dude's making a trade. You know, I, I don't understand. Like, he has maximized his trade abilities. In the off season, every off season, and during the season, every season, he's made the maximum amount of trades, every single one for two Maddens. I guarantee it. I don't, I, I don't know how he's pulled it off. <laughs> you know, and Ray is out here just beating people over the head. Um, but you know, it, it is is what it is when you deal with Ray. You kind of know what to uh, to expect yeah. and what, what you what you're getting yourself into. Just know if you come to me, I'm gonna try to give you a fair trade. <laughs> I'm gonna try my best to give you a fair trade, uh, but you know, um, I think the only thing we didn't really touch on, and I, you know, I think we, like you said, we put some provisions in place, uh, is free agency, um, and I, you know, I think uh, guys have been re-signing their players so much that free agency hasn't been that good anyway. Yeah, um, and I guess that's a good thing. That is a good thing. But like we said earlier, you guys do need to take into account you know, that you're not going to always be able to re-sign all your really good players. But, well, and, and here's what, here's something else you got to think about. Would they be able to re-sign their players if we hadn't have restricted free agency the way we did? Yeah, probably not. Because because the first time free agency rolls around and people just start throwing all their money at people because, oh, i got to have this guy, he's the, he's the best linebacker in free agency, or i got to have this guy, he's a X factor, and you just – you get into bidding wars and you pay people ungodly money, then you don't have money to re-sign people next season. So, yeah. had, had we not restricted it and had we not put some rules on it, I don't know if these guys could have re-signed the people on their rosters that they have. So, you know, some people have had questions, why are we doing this? Why is free agency like this? Well, that's why. Yeah. That's why. I mean, we, we had uh, – man, what was that one? Rash <laughs> – was it Darius Slay? Some somebody I don't it might not have been Rash. Somebody signed Darius Slay like two or three Maddens ago, like when he wasn't Darius Slay that he is today, even uh, to like like a thirty million dollar a year deal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it was something insane, and it was like you know a few few Maddens ago, and the person was just like, "Well, I, I had money, I wanted to make sure I got him," you know, like. 
I remember then, that. I can't remember if that was Rash or that might have been Rash. I, I think it was because then, you know, a couple seasons later, like, you know, I think the next season he couldn't do anything. He didn't have any cap space. He, he couldn't, he literally couldn't do anything. Like, yeah. Um, and you get to a point, like, I don't think guys understand, like, you can't just cut players. Like, I talked to Jim about this because uh, Jim and I talked through some trades and he had sent me some guys that he was thinking about trading or cutting. Like, you can't just look at your team and say, well, I'm paying Jalen Ramsey $30 million a year. I'm going to cut him. That's not how it works. Yeah. Um, so, so for those of you that don't know, like, what you need to do is you need to go in, you need to look at your salaries. And there's a penalty column and there's a savings column. And if you sort it, it'll show you, okay, well, you save $10 million if you cut this player or – Nine million if you cut this player, but then in the next column, it might say, "Well, it's a fourteen million dollar penalty." Yeah. Well, if it's a fourteen million dollar penalty, <laughs> it's not really beneficial for you to cut that player. Yeah. Now, it does split that penalty over two seasons, you know. So, it, you know, if it's a situation where you absolutely have to free up some money to, you know, do something productive, um, you can carry that cap penalty over two seasons but it's not really going to benefit you in cap space sometimes and uh well that's the kind of thing that should be common sense too but it's not always common sense like i mean once upon a time somebody had to explain that to me and at this point like i never ever cut anybody whose penalty is higher than what i free up right right why would you you know, but we but we have guys that have done that. Yeah, because, and because they don't understand. Well, we got guys that don't even look. You know, and and that and that that's what I figured out from Jim. Like, it's not a knock on Jim because same thing. I didn't know until you know I started really getting in the game, and like Bob and you guys started telling me. But you know, like he he was offering. I don't know if he was trying to offer me a trade, but maybe he was talking through trades that he was thinking about making with other people. You know, and the first thing I did was went and looked, and I'm like, hey, dude, like. This ain't going to save you no money. But you did trade for Stefan Gilmore and, like, these two or three other guys. Uh, like, if you cut him, you'll save $18 million with no penalty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you have, you know, he had two or three guys who were, like, $12 million, $14 million, you know, $18 million with no penalty. So I'm like, I know you don't want to cut Gilmore. But, like, you might have to cut Gilmore. Or not even cut. You might have to trade Gilmore. Um, And those are the kinds of trades that you guys should be making. Like, you know, it should be, hey, I have this guy who's really, really good, but I don't have cap space. And, you know, I got to let him go. Uh, And, and, you know, that's that's what I have to do. Like, I signed uh, Phillip Rivers as my backup because there was, like, nothing – in backup and he's he's 12 million a year but i can cut him at any time <laughs> and free up that cap space yeah you know um because well, he has he has no bonus and and on 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 those same lines man i don't think guys i don't think everybody realizes that if somebody's on your team whatever their bonus money is you're responsible for it if you trade them you're still responsible for it. Yeah, you eat it. <laughs> like you don't. <laughs> if you got a guy that's got eighteen million 
in salary and fifteen million in bonus, you're not sending all of that with him. Like you're you're sending his eighteen million in salary. That fifteen million in bonus, you eat it. Yeah. So which is which is why they can trade him or cut him with zero cost. You're right. Which is why the players that you acquire will then say eighteen million dollar salary, zero bonus, and then you can cut them, and it doesn't hurt you. Because the team that, that traded them are the ones that's 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 eating that, and I don't even think, I mean, I'm not knocking anybody, but I think there's guys that don't even know that. Right? Yeah. I mean, no, I, I that's what I'm saying. That's what I see, and you know, I I got guys on my team who, you know, that's what I'm counting on. Like they're on my team, and I'm like, oh well, you know, if I really get in a bind, I can cut these three guys that I traded for, and yeah. you know, I don't want to trade them right now because. My team, remember, my team started out really bad. So, no, I don't want to cut the 89 overall <laughs> offensive guard that I've acquired. But if I have to, to free up space, that's what I have to do. And I think, yeah. guys, you know, guys don't look at that. Guys are like, oh, well, I want to keep all the best players I can and trade for all the best players I can. And I think that is the problem. That's what we face. Is guys, guys want these players, but they don't want to give up shit. You know, yeah. and so – Everybody in the league, which, which I understand it, but everybody in the league is out here going, okay, I'm going to uh, re-sign all my guys and then I'm going to trade all my draft picks for, uh, you know, all these top employers. Trade my draft picks for Jalen Ramsey and, uh, you know, whoever, Jalen Ramsey and, and Darius Slay, and I'm going to build the greatest secondary ever. And then you don't realize well, you got to pay them all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got to pay them all. And how are you going to pay them all when you haven't drafted so all your contracts are inflated? And that's sort of what happened to Jim. You know, it's like I looked at his team. I'm like, man, you got a bunch of guys you can cut. <laughs> but they're all guys that you traded for. Um, and that's why you don't have any money. You traded for all these guys on expensive contracts. And, you know, again, and I'm not knocking Jim. I'm, you know, I'm just saying these are the things that, you learn as you play the game yeah. more, um, and you you become accustomed to playing it. He, but, he probably just didn't know. I mean, Jim's fairly new to the franchise. You know, we've been doing this stuff for a long time, so he probably he probably just right. didn't really know all the details of the trades. Right, and guys are creating their own problems. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? They're creating their own problems. That they don't they don't understand. Also, the ones that do understand that you eat the cap or that you eat the uh, the bonus. I don't think they understand that you eat it over two seasons. So right, they think, right. oh, I'm good. They factor it all in on this season, and then when their money's flowing next season, they're like, I don't understand what's happening. I, you know, I should have less money. But they're not factoring that stuff in. Well, let's hope they're listening. All right? I think we had a good, good, good podcast today that hopefully will help some people. Guys, let us know what you think, man. Leave comments on this thing so we know, and we know that these these things are beneficial and you're, you're entertained and you like them. Like, I love that you guys were super into the game of the week last week, and hopefully we can continue to do that the same way. But to make sure you guys are listening, I'm going to throw in a little sneak thing. I didn't even tell Shane about this. So this is what I'm going to do. I have uh, – I don't know if you guys have seen, because you're probably not Ravens fans or whatever, but I just so happen to have it. That's what I have. I have an extra Lamar Jackson – Pressure hoodie. It's the hoodie that he was wearing this season. It's his clothing line, Air 8. 
hoodies. What do you mean you have um, an extra one? I don't have one. Why, why do you have extra? I, ha- I have yours. Oh, okay. I have, they just came in. Okay. They just came in yesterday, okay. actually. What? <laughs> but uh, I have an extra one um, because he, he sent I – mean, it's a medium or something. I can't fit that damn thing. But uh, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give it away to the first person that posts in the comments underneath this podcast when Shane posts the link. So that's what you have to post. I want you to post uh, how many rushing and passing yards Lamar Jackson had at Louisville. That's it. That's awesome. So you got to do first person to post how many rushing and and passing yards Lamar Jackson had at Louisville and is accurate. Can't can't give me the wrong answer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Gives me the right answer. I'll send that hoodie to. Sweet. And that's how. That's how we'll end this thing today with the giveaway. Sound good? That sounds awesome to me. I like it, man. It's a good idea. <clears throat> All right. Well, again, guys, hopefully, hopefully you're listening. Hopefully you understand. We're not trying to knock you. We're not trying to dog you guys out. We've been doing this a long time. We do not care at all to help you guys. If there's something you don't understand, if there's something that you just, it's like you're not getting a grasp on, or if you just need advice, any of us in the commissioner group will help you. What? Except for Rob. Don't ask Rob because he's going to try to trade race. But Well, he is only 22 years old, even though he's only a 70 <laughs> overall. But we'll help you guys is the point. If, if, you need, if you need help with making these moves, we'll help you see the stuff that maybe you're not understanding. Uh, feel free anytime. Hop in our party. Talk to us. We're always online. Uh, we'll help you with anything we can. Again, uh, we'll try to come back next week. Give us, you know, likes, comments, questions, concerns, anything like that that you guys want to talk about. Add to uh, anything that we can answer for you. We'd be happy to do so. And uh, you know, we'll we'll try to bring another podcast to you next week along these same lines. Uh, that being said, I don't got anything else. Uh, CJ, you got anything? No, I, yeah, just remember, next week we're going to try to talk about offensive scheme and building a team scheme, you know, fit for your offense. So if you guys have questions for that stuff, put that stuff in the comments, and we'll make sure we talk about them next week. Absolutely. Other than that, we'll see you guys next week. All right, guys, see you all. Peace out.